bitch, I'm dead fresh. I might pull up in a casket. Hey, come on, like bro. Fruit basket. Spit a couple raps. I get a check of Johnny Cash. Should I smash it? I'll let you mom. Remember, guys, don't take us too seriously. We're just some bros being dudes talking sports. Presented by the Wolfpack Productions and the presenting sponsor, the Townsend Bar and Grill. Your one-stop shop for great food, great prices, and great times all the time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest edition of Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports. We apologize for the long weekend. We had a bit of a little thing called Christmas come up. A lot of us had family in town, had other obligations to attend to. So we're sorry we couldn't hit you with a weekend preview as we always do. But we are back and we're I don't want to say we're better than ever. We're we're something. We're we're here. As always, um, the NFL slate was wild. The divisional race is shaping up exactly how we expected. Uh, just going to come down to the last week, which as a football fan is really all you can ask for unless your team is in contention for the division, in which case it is miserable. Isn't that right, PB? Yes, very miserable. Uh, but we will break down all the NFL action you guys need to know. First, let's jump into it, PB. How was your Christmas, bub? Good, good. I got all kinds of gifts. That's all I care about, you know. <laughs> Didn't care baby Jesus or any of that. Like you just you're strictly in it for the stuff. I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it was good. I got to see family, so it was good. There you go. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. You know, in a crazy year, that's all really anyone can ask for is uh you know, the the health and and happiness of their family and friends, you know. So uh, kind of, kind of like silver linings of the year. You know, a lot of crazy things have gone down, but you know, at least we get to the holidays, get to spend time with with those that matter to us. So, always stuff to be thankful for. I'm thankful for the weekend that was in sports. That's a fact. I'm also thankful for UK being just absolutely dog cheek. Are UK fan, but you're not like diehard diehard UK fan, like cheek and all them. Like, how bad does it eat you up that they're one one in six right now? college basketball one and six worst start in program history what's going on with the kates they are just not good at basketball i mean they have had some close close losses like the kansas loss was three points notre dame one point louisville three points like so there a lot of them have been close games i'll say but i mean it's still inexcusable i don't From think cal's on the hot seat still though well me and chan broke the case on that one or we crack the case on that one. Coach Cal is in the pocket of the mafia 100%. Matter of fact, everyone who's been at UK as a head coach since uh, Rupp has been in the pockets of the mafia. We, we, we cracked that case. I mean, Pat Riley, Patino, Cal, just the most Italian-looking man of all time. I mean, it's, it's just the most obvious Mafioso run team of all time. Like, I don't think it's even like up for a debate that they are just absolutely tossing games for profit. So. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we don't get whacked for saying that. But I, I do. I think it's I think it's the case. Like they have way too much talent to be like just blowing blowing games like they are this year. 
there has to be something fishy going on behind the scenes. But, I mean, college basketball is crazy this year. Like, is there anyone even good in college basketball this year? I would say Gonzaga and uh, even Iowa's is not good. Like, Iowa went and played Gonzaga and really got their doors blown off. Baylor looks to be the surefire number two team in the country. That's a fact. So, really, it's Gonzaga and Baylor. So that you can make an argument. Really, Kansas has had a, a, that one game this year where they just didn't look good at all. Like, do you think that it's because they didn't have any time to, like, prepare for the season that teams are looking this bad? Or is this just, like, what college basketball is now, just a bad product? It's probably a combination of both. Like, uh, yeah. I think college college basketball is going downhill overall. But, which we could, you know, I think the rule will eventually change. I mean, then... College basketball may not be as talented then, but it'll be more consistent. Like, you know, with the teams keeping players for multiple years. One loss, right? They only lost to Gonzaga. But they've played some really bad teams. They only tech by a point so like they really are having some struggles with these teams that are just they're not on the same level as kansas but with that being said they have only lost once and really that's all that matters especially in a sport like college basketball where as long as you can get in the field you're going to have some ability to make a run so i don't know i'm i'm very interested to see how it turns out um we have we talked about uk being bad so we have to talk about duke being bad too like, Duke is maybe even as bad as UK. They just haven't played the game. So they still sit ranked. I don't know how. They're 3-2. and two. It's not like they're any better than UK is. I mean, UK is 1-6, and six, historically bad. Duke being 3-2 and two and playing a trash schedule as well. Like, I'm not impressed with Dukey at all. No, not in the slightest. I mean, we, we've mentioned it a couple times now, but, like, Coach, saying that until the season because COVID is too serious is just it's peak it's peak coach K, or coach K like that that solidifies him as like the biggest um I don't even like the biggest me guy of all time he's like oh I can't win with these guys so now I have to spin it to make other people seem selfish for one so, um let's jump over let's talk about some breaking and MLB news. Uh, we got you, Darvish, and Blake. Good this year. Like, they made some noise last year being, like, that up-and-coming team that, like, no one really had any real expectations for. They just kind of came out of nowhere. This upcoming year, they are going to be a problem for the NL, like, specifically the NL West and the Dodgers. Like, the Dodgers probably are going to open as World Series favorites for 2021. They're going to have a hard time coming out of their division with how good this Padres team looks on paper. On paper, this Padres team should be able to compete with just about anybody. Like, I know that, like, the Dodgers and the Yankees are still going to, like, make get all the headlines for, for being World Series favorites, and they should be, but... 
the Padres are going to cause a lot of problems out there. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for the Padres to actually have like some talent around Machado. And, you know, like now it's going to be kind of interesting. I will say the Padres have historically been like a bad franchise. They don't have a ton of success. It's not for a lack of effort. Like they always seem to make these moves. A um, championship team in San Diego. They just, they just haven't like panned out. It's kind of the opposite of the Reds, where like the Reds will have like a miracle year, get to the playoffs out of nowhere, and then to sell everybody. Padres had a miracle year. They went on a run, and they're like, all right, now it's time to get some big weapons in here and go on an actual World Series run. Like, just the, the two different minds of ownership groups is in the past 50 years have had very similar success. Do you have any MLB comments, PB? I know you're just a diehard MLB fan. Oh, yeah. Watch a ton of baseball. Uh, <laughs> no, not really, though. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. So we do have we do have some, some more breaking news in the NHL real quick before we jump over to some NBA talk that, that you can come Um, two, uh, due to an undisclosed health concern. Uh, kind of scary when stuff gets swept under the rug like that. They're kind of keeping that in-house. But he will miss at least the foreseeable future uh, with whatever that is. The Blackhawks not announcing anything. He personally has not announced anything. So I hope that he is okay. Um, he is he is uh, you know very important to what the league has been over the past couple years, uh, probably really the, the past decade or so. Um, and then as well, Henrik Lundqvist, the king, one of my favorite all-time players, being a Rangers fan growing up, uh, he also is going to probably have to retire. He has to have open heart surgery. Uh, he has to have like some kind of valve to replace um, something in his artery. I don't know, I'm not a nerd, but uh, he does have to have uh, open heart surgery. So prayers out to uh, to Hank, the king. Uh, we hope that he has a speedy recovery. But no, PB. All right, now let's jump into let's jump in to some NBA talk. Okay. I mean, we're only a couple games into the season. Is it almost a guarantee that the Lakers and the Nets are going to be playing for a title in June? Like, I, I don't think I'd it's a guarantee, down. but I'm, I kind of hope it happens. <laughs> I'd kind of like, like to watch it. I think I'd be shocked if it's anyone else. Like at this very moment, no one else even looks like they have even a sliver of hope to beat either of these teams. Yeah, I mean, there's just been like three games played by each team. The standings look like if the league ended today, the Lakers wouldn't make the playoffs. <laughs> really? What's it were three games in? So I mean, they're That's not. They're crazy. two and two. <laughs> they just to me like. Their depth is so scary. They that was like their one weakness last year was they weren't very deep, and they won a title. And now they're a bit deeper. Like they took their one weakness and almost made it a strength. Like the Lakers might be the deepest team in the league to an extent. Like it's probably them and Boston, but their depth is a little bit more talented than Boston's depth. If that makes yeah. any sense, I would say like they don't have they don't have ten guys the way some teams do. But they're like six, seven, eight are very good. 
Right. Their six, seven, eight would make a decent core of starters on another team. Yeah. Like, actually, their six, seven, eight would be the core three of a playoff team in the East, if we're being just dead honest with each other right now. Okay. Like, that awesome. team that team makes the playoffs in the East. I think it has more to do with the fact that the East is terrible, though, rather than, like, like I just got done bragging about how good the, the Lakers' depth is to then say, like, it's because the East is weak. But, no, that their 6-7-8, I think, would make the playoffs in the East. But in the East, there's only there's there's really only two teams that have even a shot to make the title, right? Like it's gonna be Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Or is that just penciling things in too prematurely? I mean, it it's just really too early to tell. But I that would probably be my guess. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Heat, Celtics, or Raptors, one of those three, make it. You know. Like upset a team and yeah, are there? But I I would think either the Nets or the Bucks play in the finals this year. Yeah, I mean I as as bad as the NBA in like parody past couple years, I almost think that it's going to be a good thing for the league if they don't have any parody this year because they've kind of been struggling to get ratings the past couple years. But if it's KD versus LeBron in the finals, they're going to period. Like, they get ratings if it's KD versus LeBron. Like, I oh, think that'd be great sure. for the league. That's what the KD league KD and wants. Kyrie, too. Kyrie right. LeBron, you know, the history. <laughs> right, right. I think that'd be, that would be beautiful, honestly. That's I would what I want. I just want to watch that. I want to watch those seven games. <laughs> yeah. Or however many it takes. The four games you'd love to see KD and Kyrie sweep LeBron. That's that's what yeah. I'm hearing. No, not at all. You don't think they have a chance to sweep LeBron? I mean, anything's possible, but I don't. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say. All right, <laughs> if they nice. play the seven game series starting tomorrow, I would not. I would not pick that. I would. I'd put every dime that I had on KD being Kyrie sweep. KD's an animal, though. They've. And they've been in New York for, what, four years now? And New York has not won a title since, like, the 50s. I will legitimately, like, fling myself off my roof. <laughs> like, that just be so, so disappointing. That's, like, that's the Knicks to a T, though. I mean, that is, you could not script that any better. And it's not by, like, any reason other than just their large market and, like, Kyrie kind of wanted to go there, and KD wanted to play on a good team that that he didn't want to play for Dolan. Like it wasn't by the Nets front office making any great moves, other than just offering what anyone would have no. offered. Right, and and the one thing that you mentioned that is absolutely the fact is Dolan. No one wants to play for Dolan. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Why would you? Why would the Knicks, you? the Knicks don't have uh, a lot of ton of flexibility too. No, they don't. Well, the sucks. Kevin Knox is probably our second best player right now, and he's terrible. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not even Barrett, a role player for the championship team. That's why I, like Durant didn't consider him. <laughs> he's not a role player for a bad team. He like he should not get minutes for us, and he does. Like our lineup right now is so embarrassing. 
consistently bad. Like Julius Randle's a joke. I actually do. I hated the Obi Tobin pick when when we first picked him. He's actually looked good, and then immediately got hurt. Like second game in, got hurt. Like yeah, just that's absolutely just the Knicks' luck. Now I will say I'm I'm starting to think that I was wrong about um, R.J. Barrett. He's looked really good so far this season. Like really good. He just dropped uh, 29, 10, and eight against the Bucks the other night, or something like that. It might not have been that significant, but definitely a double double with like five assists or something. Yeah, he looked very, very good against the Bucks. Yeah, I can check here. I'm hope like I, I hope I hope the Knicks are in the next couple of years. I really wanted them to trade for Russ because you know we'd probably still be pretty bad. But we'd have a shot to at least make the playoffs, and if you make the playoffs, you know at least you have some glimmer of excitement. But nah. yeah, all you gotta do is build a team that has momentum and that looks all right, and you might get a free agent. You know what I mean? In a big exactly. city like New York. Exactly, especially since the lottery is not a guarantee. Like the fact that the Knicks were not top three last year is a joke. Like, and yeah. the fact that we didn't get Zion the year before. Like I like I just said, I like I like RJ Barrett. He's looked good so far this season. But like you can't tell me that that's even a sliver of consolation to not getting Zion. Because Zion is gonna single handedly make the Pelicans into a contender with Lonzo Ball as their second best player. I mean that's insane. Nah, Brandon Ingram's probably their best player over Zion right now. Okay, come on. That's not I mean, gonna last. I don't. No, no, no. I think Zion's are. I will agree. I think Zion's are. But Bi is definitely number two. Like over, over so. <laughs> it's a ball in the family. Yeah, I do love that show. Oh my god! I like just talking about the Knicks gets me upset. Like I want them to be so good, but they're just not. They're terrible. They're awful. Um, let's let's kind of transition a little bit. Let's talk a little college football. Just a sliver. Um, right now, currently, as we're as we speak, Oklahoma State is beating Miami twenty four to nineteen at the end of the third. Yeah, kind of sneaky good game. I wasn't expecting that one to be very good. Um, the bowl game so far this season, they've they've honestly been up and down. Like some of them have been really good. Most of them have just not been quality football. Like the one game that I've really loved watching, and I was super excited for this one was Liberty and Coastal Carolina. Like this game was supposed to happen in the regular season, and then Liberty players got COVID, so they couldn't play the game anyway. But here it happens in bowl season, and I actually thought that this game would get out of hand. I thought Liberty would beat Coastal Carolina by a large margin because Hugh Freeze <laughs> is just very, very good. But I don't know, like. The fact that Coastal Carolina was even able to get it to overtime is saying something because this game should have been a bit of a blowout. Like, really should have gotten ugly. Does it? Yeah, it should have. Well, Liberty has kind of a sneaky good resume. Like, they played a bunch of schools, and they only lost one game this season. They only lost to NC State at NC State. They beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. They beat Syracuse at Syracuse. And they only lost to NC State by a point at NC State. Like, they're winning a lot of games with a lot less talent than these teams that they're playing. And I think this kind of crushes the debate that, like, these group of five teams should get in the playoff. Like, 
Coastal Carolina was one team that had a little bit of an argument, and then they lose to Liberty. Like, that can't happen. If you're going to say that you deserve a spot in the playoff, you have to beat Liberty by a couple scores. You can't. You definitely can't lose to them. <laughs> you think you think a Bama or a Clemson even like draw? <laughs> he plays a competitive game with a Liberty ever in any universe? No. Like, I love Hugh Freeze. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. Like, he's up there with Dabo and Saban and Urban and Kirby as, like, best coaches in the country. Like, well, obviously Urban's not coaching, so really Ryan Day, but, like, that's Urban Meyer's system still. So I don't really give Ryan Day any credit. But he's up there in that upper echelon of coaching. Like he is a very good coach. He just has some, uh, some clouds over his head from his scandals at, at Ole Miss. But, but let's not make any, any mistake about it. Like X's and O's, he is a genius. So he, that's why he's able to do so much less or so much more with so much less. But that's like, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana was supposed to not be in a very close game with um, University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Roadrunners, meet me, like, here they are, only winning by seven against UTSA. Like, all these teams that say that they have legitimate, like, playoff, uh, like, snubs, and then that happens? Like, how? You, you cannot have that happen and then BYU turns around and they actually play a program that has a little bit of reputation. They absolutely mollywhopped UCF. Like absolutely destroyed UCF 49 to 23. BYU is the one team that has a legitimate gripe because they took a game on 5 days notice, went in and lost to Coastal Carolina close on like the 10-yard line and then just dominated everyone since and before that. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I kind of went on a little tangent there, but like, I'm I'm interested to see your thought process. I don't think they should have played the coastal. I mean, they wanted to play Coastal Carolina just to get like a good big game in, you know. But I mean, and then I I don't think they should be in the playoff the way it stands at least. If they expand teams, possibly. But I mean, like I'm of the thought that they would just get beat anyway. You know, like yeah. all you're doing is just giving them the shot. And like letting them know that they're worse instead of just letting them think they're worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't think they're worse. None of these small teams think that they're worse. Like they, they think that they should deserve a chance to go and get beat. Yeah, there's a difference in deserving a chance. Yeah. And like, do you actually have a chance? But yeah, I see that's fair. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Do you, so maybe, do you maybe they do think deserve that BYU? Well, do you think BYU could keep it close with any of those teams that are in the Final Four? Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama? I do. In my opinion, I think Clemson and Alabama are even on a different level than Ohio State and Notre Dame this year. But Oh, yeah. So, 100%. So, I think, so I think maybe oh, OSU or Notre Dame those are the two best teams. is a game. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I think Notre Dame for sure would be a game. Ohio State's tough because BYU's defense is pretty awful, and Ohio State – can still put up points in bunches, whereas Notre Dame, Ian Book is trash. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Ian Book is terrible. <laughs> so I think that Zach Wilson would show his dominance over Ian Book, like absolutely alpha male him to death and just like pull his nuts out and drag him on the table. I see what you're saying. That Notre Dame defense ain't bad, though. Oh, no. Notre Dame's defense is, 
is solid. One it's of the best team, in the country. That's why I love football. It's a team sport. It is a team sport, team sport. And that's why the fighting Coastal Carolina, because the only person on the field with a pulse that day was Zach Wilson. That's why they lost. Everyone else was. Did you, uh, did you watch that game at all, that Coastal Carolina BYU game? No, I didn't. That game was, it was honestly a very, very good game, but it you could just tell, like, the difference in one team that was an actual team and the other team where you're only going to go as far as your best player takes you like that. I don't know if that speaks more to coastal Carolina or to Zach Wilson, but either way it was, it was very apparent. Um, but let's jump. We're both passionate about. We got a break in this game. The NFL is just, it gets better every year. And Don makes fun of me every time because I say, wow, what a slate. We're going to break it down. It was incredible. And I say that it tops itself every week. But, like, it does. It, it, it legitimately gets better and better every single week. Like, there's just nothing better than the NFL. There absolutely is nothing. So let's start off. Let's go over the good, the bad, and the unlucky. Uh, PB, start us off. Who looked good to you this week? Hmm. Actually, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Packers. That's a, honestly that is a very very good take. I kind of like I kind of wanted to say the Bills, uh, and I kind of want to say that Seahawks defense because it's looked a lot better. But I'm gonna go with just the Packers in general, like their defense, their offense. <laughs> oh, the Packers are scary, and the fact that they now have the number one seed in the NFC. I think spells absolute doom for the rest of the NFC. It like, does. There's, there's one place you don't want to have to play a road game in December and January and the whole NFL. Well, before it was Gillette, but now it's Lambeau. You don't want to have to go to Lambeau. It's cold. It's probably going to be snowing. They're able to run the ball basically at will at you, and not to mention they have one of the best quarterbacks of all time that can take the top off of any defense any given week. Oh, and just a little guy named Devontae Adams. Ever heard of him? So, like, yeah, the Packers are scary, scary. Do you think they actually can make a run? Or do you think this is all going to fall apart like it always does in Lambeau? No, nah, I'm starting to believe this is the year Aaron Rodgers goes to, goes to another Super Bowl. Ooh. I'm starting to think it's the year. I like how you put the emphasis on the goes to. <laughs> yeah, not wins. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that is that your thought process right now? Is that they have enough to get there, but they don't have enough to beat the AFC participant? Yeah, I don't think so. No, just because whoever does come out of the AFC, I mean, I guess it's really <laughs> dependent on like, you know, because but if if the team that comes out of the AFC is you know. Coming off those fresh playoff wins, firing, not hurt, I think they got it. Well, the thing that's going to bode well for the NFC is, like, the AFC is loaded. Yeah. Loaded to the point where an 11-win football team is probably going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. That, like, that should have happened. Not. I'm hoping a 10-win team misses it because that would mean someone lost. <laughs> if an 11-win team misses it, it's the Colts. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I absolutely hope 
that I'm wrong as well, the thinking that an 11 win team's going to miss because I put some money on the Colts to actually win the Super Bowl and they don't even have a playoff spot yet. So, poof, I might have just lit some money on fire there. But no, I absolutely agree with your Packers take about them being good. They looked dominant. They absolutely embarrassed the Titans. I'm not sold on the Titans, but yeah, the, the Packers definitely looked good. A sneaky pick? I mean, you mentioned the Bills, obviously. They looked amazing blowing out my pats, but it doesn't really matter. This season yeah. doesn't count anyway. There's an asterisk by this season, so it really is null and void, so who cares? Congratulations on your fake division title, Buffalo. Um, and you mentioned the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks' defense has looked a lot better since getting Carlos oh, Dunlap. Yeah. I mean, this Rams defense or this Rams offense was so potent and high flying a couple weeks ago. It didn't look like they had a pulse against the Seahawks. Like since they got Carlos Dunlap, that is a completely different defense. Uh, like I listened to someone, I can't remember who it was on NFL Live talking about. It. They look like they had a purpose on defense. Like they actually knew what they were doing. Like compared to beginning of the year, where it was just let's just throw these guys out there, you know. Like they. Like they, well, obviously, in the way they blitz Jamal Adams, the way they use him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that Jamal Adams doesn't have a pick so far this season, not one yeah. single interception. He's rarely in that... coverage. I don't know why. They literally blitz him. Like, they'll try to bring, uh, bring five most of the time, and they use Jamal Adams in some type of blitz. Well, they, they play him as, like, that roll-down safety so when he isn't like oh, choosing that rate, um, or playing playing man against a tight end or a running back underneath, because usually running backs tight ends don't yeah. get down the field, stretch the field too much. So it makes sense just the way they use him. But still, for being an all pro caliber safety to not have one interception, because it's not like he's having zero opportunities in coverage, you know. So yeah. it is kind of just strange to think that like yeah, an all pro safety doesn't have one. But he's still like. I still don't want that to take away from his game because he's played great. And like they, that's what they were talking about. Oh, too. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely shouldn't take away from him. To he is. He is uh, I mean, that's that's a little bit of a stretch. Palomalu is. Yeah. I was going to say because Palomalu is like a historically great, strong safety. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't know about that. Ed Reed would probably have a little something to say about that. I like Ed yeah. Reed a lot at strong safety. Night train Dick Lane. Run it back to the original LA Rams. And Ronnie Lott. I'm trying to think who else would be in that. Oh, Ronnie Lott. Yeah, Ronnie Lott's probably in that same conversation. A lot of good this, ones, but I mean Paul, I mean it's hard to pick against Troy Palmolo, to be honest. That's fair. Underrated, underrated safety. You're probably gonna call me biased for this one, but like Ronnie Harrison. Rodney Harrison should 100% be in the discussion. He might not be the best, but he's in the discussion at least. Yeah, very, very good. Like I'll, I'll give you that at least. Oh, not Bob Sanders, no. I'm really thinking, like, especially from our era, it's for sure either Palomalu or Ed Reed. Yeah. I think those are really the only two. But, no, okay, so back, back on topic. I have to say the Cowboys are my good. Like, the Eagles came into this game, and they looked like a different football team with Jalen Hurts. Like, they have a pulse on offense. They have that extra ability for him to get out of the pocket and run, make things happen when things break down. Like, they looked very good, unlike how they looked with Carson Wentz. Well, 
That was until this week when they faced the apparent sleeping juggernaut that is the Cowboys. Like, the Cowboys woke up this week and remembered, hmm, we're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. We have the best roster in the league. We're starting to get kind of healthy. Let's go on a run. And I'm starting to kind of get this feeling of team of destiny with the Cowboys. And that sucks because I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> but it's starting to feel that. Like, I could for sure see them get, like, hosting a playoff at Jerry World. Whoever gets that fifth seed in the NFC is not going to have a cakewalk like we thought about. Oh, no. Andy Dalton looked much more comfortable. 22 of 30. Only had eight incompletions. Well, seven, I guess, in that pick. <laughs> a million times. Like, now that he's starting to get comfortable, I think there's a conversation to be had. He's better than Dak. Oh, I, I'm not even... I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. I'm going to let it go. I, I wish I had, you had your camera on so I could have seen your reaction to that. Because that's just strictly... You know I say things just to get a reaction from you and Don. Specifically, you and Don and Chan. Those are the three that I say things to get the reaction from the most. And your face would have been priceless. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, here we go. But I do, think, one good game. <laughs> well, I do think that he has what it takes to go on a little bit of a run. I was being serious when I was, I'm was. i starting to get these, like, Team of Destiny feelings. It kind of feels like, I don't know about, like, Team of Destiny feel, but, like, this team does kind of feel like that Seahawks team that went 7-9 and nine and made the playoffs, hosted a playoff game, and you got the beast mode run where the Seahawks beat the Saints. Now, they lost the next game, but that has more to do with Matt Hasselbeck getting hurt than it did them falling apart. So, like, I don't know. I definitely think if the if the Cowboys do win that division, they beat whoever the five seed is. And right now, I think the five seed is going to end up being probably the – no, the Rams might miss. I don't know who the five seed is going to be. Oh, I think it's Tampa. 100% it's going to be Tampa. Wow. What a, what a terrible matchup for the for – the, Bucks. You think Brady don't go into Dallas and win? I think that defense struggles with Zeke and those weapons on the outside. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CD Lamb, with Dalton oh, yeah. getting it's the best weapons. That's why that's why Dalton saw success. Oh, one hundred. That's why any quarterback sees success. Yeah, I think that those that would be the most exciting playoff game. In the NFC, 100%. Unless we, for some reason, got another Bears-Packers matchup, like I'm expecting us to, because those games are always fun to watch just because of the history. But those weapons, like that skill group matchup is so nasty. All right, here's a little debate for you. Which one would you rather have? Amari, CD, Gallup, uh, Zeke, and Pollard, or Fournette, uh, Papal Jones, the Cowboys guys. It, the fact you really? if you had left out the running backs, it could have been closer. But as soon as you like include Zeke and Pollard, I think you got to take the Cowboys. I don't know. I, I don't, don't want Papa Ronnie and and Leonard Fournette. I don't. But Mike Evans, A. B. Godwin, and Gronk that I mean, makes up solid. for it. Yeah, it was it was going to be very close until you added the running backs to me at least. I see. You're, I think you're saying not... pick them over even with. Yeah, I don't even think that there's like I, there's not much gap between 
either group. Like the wide receivers are pretty close. I think that Mike Evans is probably the best of the group. Like, I don't know if that's really even arguable, but outside of that, then it could be like two or three Cowboys before the next buck, but they're very, very close in margin. Whereas I would go Evans, Amari, Godwin, and then it's close between Lamb and Gallup. I think they're both good. So you're saying AB is the at best the sixth best receiver? Yes. That's what I would put him wow. at. Wow! Yeah, right now. Wow! This man is one of the has one of the best three season stretches of all time. Was on pace to smash almost every receiving record. All in the past. And he's sixth on your list right there. But that's uh, he's had a rough fall from what grace. What have you done for me lately? That's fair. But the one thing that I think separates these two position groups, because I don't think there's a big gap at wide receiver, whichever way you pick, and yeah. there's not a big gap at running back, which either way you pick, because Zeke has not looked good at all this year, and Fournette has had glimpses of looking good, but then when he's looked bad, he has looked real Zeke bad. Zeke went for 100 last week. Yeah, congrats. One I mean, he, he's like, – I don't – I mean, I get what you're saying, but Zeke is still – even in his bad games, like he's still Zeke. That's why. Okay, now, but either I'll go way, with the like, don't pay running backs, but Zeke is still yeah. Zeke. He's still a top running back in the league. Okay, but either way, like I said, like there's not a huge like gaping hole or gaping gap between Zeke and Fournette. Like it's not astronomically different. There is, however, a huge, huge, huge difference between Gronk and Jarwin. Like, there just is. Like, Gronk Dalton is Schultz, still Gronk. Dalton Schultz has been balling out. Oh, sorry. Schultz. Schultz and Jarwin. They're the same person. That's like when he, when the Steelers had uh, Heath, Heath Miller and what was the other white guy that whenever he caught it, they would call him Heath, too. Um, I can't remember. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the point. <laughs> whenever he would catch one, they would go, Heath, and Heath had been retired for, like, three years. Oh, that's classic Steelers fans not even knowing who's who's on their own <laughs> roster. But anyway, like that gap is very large. So I think that that almost gives them the edge in my opinion. But either way, yeah, that matchup's going to be very exciting. I'm 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 pumped about that one. I kind of hope that the Cowboys win that division just because I picked them too and I like to be right. Yeah, how how I thought yeah, I did too. But I, here's how I thought you were going to ask it to me is that you were going to say who do the Bucks want to play more? The Redskins or the Cowboys? And who do you think? I want to ask you. If you're Tom Brady in the Bucks, who would you rather have? I think, honestly, I'm going to look at it like this. The Bucks probably want to play the Redskins more, strictly because the Bucks' defense is not great. If they play the Cowboys, that's going to be a shootout. That means on offense, they have to be perfect. If they play the Redskins, or sorry, the football team, who's the football team's quarterback? Alex Smith? No, he's still hurt. He's like that, coming back this week, more than likely. Well, that defense is very scary, but that almost would be like a reason why they would want to play them because, one, it's strength on strength, whereas the other side would be strength on weakness, strength on weakness. You know what I mean? So, like, now you're depending on your defense to get a stop against Dallas, whereas in this one, you're 
your defense is going to be able to stop the Washington football team offense. I mean, it, it just is. Their offense is not very good. Now, they, they've made the ball happen. is in your hand. I, they have. That's true. But really, if you take away Scary Terry, who are you going to have Thomas. to worry about at running back? Yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas is a very good, like, blossoming tight end, but he's not anything to, like, write home about right now. He will be, but he's not right now. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty good. I, I But I think... I think that Tom, at least Tom and fucking, uh, uh, why am I blinking their coach or Arians, Brady and Arians are definitely wanting the Cowboys because they don't want to see that Washington defense. As for like, well, who I, the Bucks, that the host one, I don't know. I just think that like crazy things can happen in shootouts, man. Like, if you're putting up crazy amount of points, all it takes is one turnover, and now that game is completely different. Whereas, if you're playing a team that has a good defense, but their offense isn't very good, you just need your defense to steal you a possession. And then you're good, because now you have an extra the opportunity. Bucks D short, too, I think, too. Or at least a like, I top just, half I'm not of the league. The... I'm not really impressed with the Bucks defense. Times. I haven't been impressed with the Bucks defense all year, though. Yeah, they have really bad spots. Yeah, I mean, they there's been a couple games this year where they've just looked horrible. Like, I but, saw someone uh, dissect them, and they said, like, anytime they go in nickel, like their nickel corner, I can't remember his name. Like, he gets targeted. Like, they, like he sometimes he covers the slot. Sometimes he covers the outside guy. But they target him a ton. Yeah. Well, speaking of teams that looked horrible, let's jump into it. Who is your bad for this week? I know mine. I mean, mine's an easy answer. <laughs> I, I mean, I want to say yours. I'm hope. Well, I think is yours the Pats. No, no, it sure okay. isn't. Well, I'm going to say the Pats then, just so we can talk crap about them. They they are I mean, just a pitiful football team. You picked a team that's in a little bit of a rebuild with eight people opting out before the season. Like, congratulations. Yeah, that team should look bad, and they did look bad. I just mean, like, they're going to be a poverty franchise of the league the next ten years. I don't think that's the case, but strictly because <laughs> – did you see Did you see what David Andrews uh, liked on Twitter earlier today? Yeah. I sent it in the group. How incredible is that? So, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there was a tweet that says – one of my favorite things about playing a pro sport was watching guys with these wacko routines get outplayed by a teammate who showed up hungover eating an egg McMuffin. And it was a picture of Cam Newton's alarm from last night's Monday night football game. Wakes up at 4.20 a.m., leaves the house at 4.30 a.m., and doesn't have his first sip of coffee until 8 a.m. Like, I don't know why that was even – like, who gives a crap about that? Maybe go out and play some decent football before you flaunt your – just lunacy schedule. Like, who cares that you don't have your first sip of coffee until eight o'clock? That sounds like. It, a, and then it showed like, you he goes to sleep. It said goes to sleep at eleven thirty, so yeah. five hours of sleep. Yeah, good job. Maybe get more sleep and eat meat. Stop being a vegan and you wouldn't play like buns. I mean, he looked terrible last night. In the first drive, he looked good. Like we looked good the first two possessions of the game, and then after that, it's like we we're like, oh wow, we're we're good. Okay. Time to clock out and go home. I was like, I was hoping that we could at least salvage the season, get to eight and eight. Like, not great, but like rock bottom is eight and eight for the Pats. That's awesome. McDaniels, <clears throat> McDaniels, like 
after the script, he just looks down at his play sheet and he's like, "My team's like they can't do any of this. Like my team sucks. What do we? What do I call?" It, <laughs> I offense. mean, literally. Well, we had a freaking touchdown by uh, Demir Bird that was dropped. I like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Well, that's that's this season in one play." They have so mediocre many, many opportunities. Mediocre quarterback play and then no weapons. So like it's just rough. I mean, I don't want to say no weapons because okay. our, our best receiver has been out all basically all year. Yeah. So that does hurt. But I think and I said this the other day, and I want to see your opinion on it. The Pats have a good foundation of a really good wide receiver core without the one thing that they need in that wide receiver core, and that's like a true number one. Like Jacoby Myers, Jules, Bird would be fine complementary pieces. The best slot receiver of all time, and then Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird on the outside. Get that scrub Nikhil Harry off my team. I hope they cut him. He's absolutely garbage. I hope that he's absolutely sent to the moon. Like I want no part of Nikhil Harry moving forward, period. You know what they're missing? One of the guys that were drafted after Nikhil Harry. Yeah, no kidding. Debo like, Samuel, I mean, just AJ Brown. Yeah, it's yep. ridiculous. Like looking at that graphic every time they show it, I get sick. Yeah, I, I get, I get absolutely sick looking at that. Like AJ Brown on this team would make all the difference. And here's one for you: if we had AJ Brown or Debo Samuel, even Debo Samuel, not to mention even freaking DK Metcalf, if we yeah, had any of those guys, just leave that one off, but. If we have any of those guys, do you think that Tommy leaves? No chance. You know who's even like like I'm looking at this McCole Hardman. I mean, he does pretty good a lot for the Chiefs. Like he would be a lot better than Nikhil Harry. Mecole was on that list. Mecole yeah. was drafted after Nikhil and Harry. Deontay Johnson. That makes me want to Harry McLaurin. That may- oh my god! <laughs> I could just keep going. Like that was a that was Shut one of the up. deepest receiver Shut drafts. Up, KB. Very You're good up. draft. Oh my gosh! It was actually a very like. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that oh man, that's so frustrating. Like no chance Tom leaves if we have one of those guys. But Probably instead not. we get freaking. Oh my gosh, Nikhil Harry, and then. And so I'm going to go on a little rant right here. Did you see that tweet that I put in the group last night where he said, uh, we're really on the field. They just talk from the bleachers. And then it had yeah. like the freaking um, blowing wind emoji from your nose, like like the angry whatever. Yeah, I didn't know what it was about had, when I saw it. He had one catch for three yards last night. <laughs> and he had the audacity to tweet that two weeks ago. Like, bro. Do so, do literally anything before you tweet that. Like, what are you doing? True. Like, that, oh, whatever. All right, let's let's jump into my bad. You're gonna love mine. I want to throw another one other receiver from that draft. Oh, let's. I'm sure pick, this is gonna be great. This is like the last last good one. He was pick 171, so super late. You know, late fifth. Darius Slayton. I mean, he still would be better. Like. Yeah, but the problem with Darius Slayton is, like, he plays that role that, like, we have basically covered to a T. Like, that is the one thing that we don't need help He's at, and that's – Well, that's – right. 
it's like we have the slot role taken care of for the foreseeable future. Like we're going to transition pretty seamlessly from Jules to Jacoby Myers and not have that much of a drop off. Because say what you want about the rest of them. Jacoby Myers is is a very good receiver. He was undrafted. He's he's learning the system very well. He's a good route runner. He is going to be a, a pretty good slot receiver moving forward for us. And even if he doesn't turn into be Jules, he's at least going to be like Danny Amendola. I'll take that all day. But we have to have a number one. And I'm sitting here looking at all this cap space we have and all free receiver. If we don't make a play for Allen Robinson or Hunter Henry, and if not both of them, I'm just gonna I'm I'll be so pissed. Like Oh, this is this is my life now. This is this sucks. It can turn All around right. quick though. It I really think can. they can. With with the young core that we have on defense, I think we can turn around quick, but we have to have a number one. And if we don't, we're gonna be in trouble for just a long time because what I've seen on offense this year has been dreadful but what i saw from the colts this this past weekend in the second half offensively was even worse like yeah. i was expecting to have the steelers on my bad list today halfway through that game i was like wow the colts look really good i told you before this week on christmas day christmas dinner i, I bet my uncle that the colts would go to the super bowl from the afc before they even have a playoff spot Halfway through that game, they're absolutely blowing the doors off the the two seed Steelers. I'm like, wow, nice! They, like, what a great pick by me. And they just absolutely fell apart. I mean, what happened? They couldn't move the football. That that's the key. <laughs> they literally that that Pittsburgh D. I don't know what happened at halftime. I don't know what kind of speech was given by probably T.J. Watt just walking up to the squad and you know let them know. But they, they, they were locked down in the second half. Maybe T.J. Watt's mom brought him Subway sandwiches or something. That's exactly what it was. It <laughs> Subway sandwiches been. full of PEDs and human growth hormone. <laughs> they said, hey, we fed our kids these, and it's good enough for your kids. <laughs> it's just the I want to know how many second-half yards the Colts have. I need to find this right here. This is going to be an interesting stat. I'm going to say under 110. I mean, total yards for the game, they had 360. So yeah. See. I'll, okay, I'll say under 100. I'm gonna say actually, I'll give you an exact number. I'm gonna say 83 yards. If this is right, I'll absolutely. Just... I'm looking. It's hard to find. I see like all their quarter stats. Let's see here. Though I can go back. You can keep talking though. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find it too, and I can't. It's kind of an obscure stat. If I hit this on the head, that'd be crazy. I don't think there's any way to see it by half. Not on ESPN, at least. I was hoping to see, yeah, just a full stat breakdown here. But either way, like, you can't blow that lead in the NFL. You just can't, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. Like, it's not a guarantee that they make the playoffs. It wasn't a guarantee if they won that game that they made the playoffs. And especially with the Titans losing how they did, the Colts could have been in, in first in that division, and then a Titans loss next week, they don't even have to win. They just win the division outright. Instead, now you're fighting to even make the playoffs. You're going to be probably 11-5 and five and begging for one of the teams that plays before you on Sunday to lose. Like, as bad as the Pats are, I'm not 
jealous to be in that situation. That's a fact. I would not be able to sleep for days in advance before that one. Well, the the, the Texans are going to lose, right? I mean, the Texans are going to beat the Titans, right? I hope so. I picked the Colts to win that division. I hope that does happen. It doesn't seem likely, but I hope that that is the case. Be nice. It would be very nice. Because are the Steelers and Bills going to bench their guys? Because that's it, just two wins for the Browns yeah. and, and the Dolphins right there. And then it's the Ravens too- are probably going to win their game, so... Well, it literally comes down. To the I top. bet I bet the Bills don't because the Bills want the two seed. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills won, especially yeah. because then it would be they swept the Dolphins and they swept the Pats and they swept the Jets. Like that's huge for them. Yeah, but it's just already been leaked that the Steelers are going to bench their guys, so meaning they're just happy with that three. So then the Bills don't even have to win; and they could bench their guys. You know, still possibly win, but just bench their guys. Yeah, but get the, Steelers, the Steelers could still beat the Browns without their starters. Like, it wouldn't Which I shock. think it's just Ben. Who else, who else did they say they were going to bench? To my knowledge, it is just Ben. Yeah. So, th- I think the Bills might stick it out with Allen and them. So, hopefully, the, hopefully they can beat the Dolphins. And then, then it's... Home cooking, we're good. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, there's a lot of playoff implications this week. Um, let's talk about this unlucky segment real quick. Because there's one team that is just standing out to me, like, harder than anyone else. And it's the Bengals. Like, you can say what you want to about every week in the NFL is about winning. And, and to an extent, I agree. But... There's a huge glaring butt. The Bengals just won their way out of the Penne sweepstakes. Like, he's going to be for sure at least a future Pro Bowl left tackle. And the one thing that the Bengals need is a left tackle. Like, they have to protect Burrow. Otherwise, it's just going to be the same song and dance that it was with Carson where he can't stay healthy. Like, I get that you're wanting to win games if you're Cincinnati, but dude, you have to do whatever you can to make sure you lock up that left side. And what better way to do that than with a generational tackle? And then you just won and cost yourself any chance you had of getting them. Any chance? Let me look. Yeah, he's not falling to six. He's gone top five no matter what. Yeah, but aren't they still fourth? No, no. They their win took them all the way to sixth, brother. Dang, because look, for, let's see, one team. There you go. So they're, because them and the Eagles are both 4 10 and 1. So I guess the Eagles have the tiebreaker. Yep. Yeah, I guess I'm counting five. But okay, yeah. Well, let me give you the, the live Let's draft see. order right now. Okay, so there was some shifting. So live draft order, the Bengals did move up to five. But right now, live draft order, Jacksonville at one, that's locked. Jets Mm -hmm. at two, that's locked. Houston at three, but they traded that pick last year to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins about to make the playoffs and have a top three pick. That's 
disgusting. Would they Foul- take a uh, soil, Panay soil? Yeah, I think they would, yeah. Okay. That would be a good draft pick for them because they need help on that offensive line for sure. Atlanta's another one. Atlanta picking him wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. The one thing that can't happen is if Detroit somehow loses, which they probably will, but the Bengals win. If the Bengals finish 5-10-1 and one, and they leapfrog the Lions, the Giants, and the Panthers, oh, and presumably the Eagles as well, oh my gosh. Then the Bengals fall out of the top 10 and move to 10th. Or, well, okay, so not fall out of the top, but move to 10th in the draft order. Like, yeah. oh, that would be just devastating. And, like, in a team that, like, you have enough talent to potentially go on a playoff run next year, I get wanting to win and get momentum, like, to move into the next season and, like, maybe get a free agent or two. The Bengals don't have that. And there are people talking about trying to build a winning culture. That doesn't happen in the last two games. Yeah, of the without season. your, like, starting quarterback. <laughs> right. Like, with no Burrow, like, they should just straight up be tanking. Like, that <sighs> – I guess like the one thought like the one counter argument would be well then it shows your players that you don't actually care about them like you only care about your guys yeah or like the your future and like that I guess is one way to look at it but whew. this makes See, me think Zach Taylor is doesn't feel like safe I don't know if he should but I, this hmm. is what that that makes me feel like he he feels like he Needs to show he can win some games that he's not supposed to and stuff. I mean, one game, one game, or one year with a new quarterback. Like, I don't think that he's on the hot seat now. Next year with uh, a healthy Burrow, if they are playing this poorly, yeah, he's in trouble. Yeah, I think yeah. next year is going to be a major tell as far as what his future looks like in Cincinnati. Do you think there's going to be any more coaches getting moved around here in this offseason? I mean, that basically touches on all the games that we needed to talk about. I mean, there's a couple. Well, let's let's touch on these real quick. The 49ers did beat the Cardinals, effectively eliminating the Cardinals from playoff contention. Technically, there is a chance that they still get in. Uh, they do require a decent amount of help. Uh, the Packers have to beat the Bears. And then I believe, uh, actually, that might be it. So still a path, but... Unlikely, uh, and then same with the Rams. The Rams are currently on the outside looking in. the The NFC playoff picture is just oh, the Rams of, are in right at six. Kind of messy. Oh yeah, at six. If the the only way the Rams don't make it is if the Bears and Cardinals win and the Rams lose. Am I right? Well, the Cardinals play the Rams, so one of those teams is out. Okay, so they're so that's a game for a laugh. Basically, with the yeah. Bears, and then just depending on well, what the Bears do. Depending on what the Bears do, but with the Packers already clinching home field, I'd be surprised if they even risk Aaron Rodgers. Like that would be seemingly that would be really stupid to trot Aaron Rodgers out there in a game that doesn't matter, unless you just want to prove a point and get the Bears out of the playoffs. Because that would be honestly very very funny. People to, thought the Steelers, you know, would come in and, like, it's a rivalry game against the Browns type deal, but no. And, and I, actually, I don't know if the Packers will or not. The Packers don't have the one seed clinched. 
So I know they could tie like, the record, but I didn't know who held the tiebreaker between them and the Saints. If if it's a three-way tie, I think the Seahawks get it. If it's a two-way tie between them and the Saints, I think the Saints get it. The only way the Packers get it is if they are the only team at 12-4. and four. Yeah, okay. I'm on this little scenario. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The only way they they have to win. So, yeah, that's why we haven't heard anything. They're going to go out there and try to beat the Bears. Whoa. I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for this weekend. But, I mean, it had to hurt. There are a like, lot of good games. There were just a ton of scenarios that crushed some teams' playoff chances this week. Like the Dolphins beating the Raiders. The Raiders really didn't have a path to get in no matter what, even if they won that. But the Dolphins winning basically made it to where the Colts – are fighting a super uphill battle now. They like, literally just need one of those teams above them to lose, but the freaking Steelers are going to bench Ben, and then who knows what the Bills are going to look like. Yeah. And then the Titans play the, the bum Texans. Yeah. <laughs> the Texans look well. Well, the Texans just got a, a rah-rah speech from J.J. Watt, so don't, don't be surprised if they come, like, Guns blazing. Please, please, uh, that would be outstanding. That would be in a division win, I, a home playoff game. I, I think they're going to. I, I honestly think they're going to come out like rah-rah, like let's go, let's go. Upset. Who did the Ravens even play? The Bengals, okay. And the Bengals <laughs> need to lose. <laughs> Bro, your, your voice inflection. <laughs> the Bengals, okay. <laughs> That was misery in a sentence. <laughs> that that sucks. Like if the, <laughs> if the benching thing happens, it, the Colts are really getting screwed. Oh, one hundred percent. Now, do we think? I mean, we started touching on it a little bit before we got back on on like the playoff scenario and everything. Are there any coaches that we think are on the hot seat? Oh, I mean, okay. like, is Doug Marone for sure back in Jacksonville? Because I could huh. see them moving on from him. Why? Why? Okay. I mean, I've. I used to like Marone too, but at this point, like, I know it's the franchise is in a tank and a re- extreme rebuild. But can you keep him? Like, does anyone care what he says anymore in that locker room? Probably not. I mean, they have had some success with him, but yeah, it's been a while. That was one of the quickest falls from grace we've ever seen. Like, people were talking about them. You know what they are? They are, or the Chiefs are what people thought the Jags were going to be. Like, people, <laughs> people thought that the Jags were going to end up being the next Patriots and, like, run the AFC for a while. Those people were dumb. I actually didn't think that. I thought the Jags might compete, like, be a playoff team, but not, like, the Pats. I mean, no, that's hard to expect out of anyone. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not guaranteed that the Chiefs are going to do it, but... No, like what I'm saying is like they had everything lined up to be that next like yeah. team that was always in that position. I see what you're forward. saying, but at the same time, I don't think any anybody like was really NFL smart thought that. Like no one thought Blake Bortles was, you know, no, to but that defense. Defense they was that good, defense was, that defense was historically good. Like that defense was. doesn't get enough credit. Clyus Campbell, Boye. Ramsey, Boye. Yeah, that that team was disgusting. Uh, Miles Jack in the middle of that defense. Ngakwe. Oh, <laughs> I can't pronounce it. <laughs> what did you say? Ngaku? 
Yeah, I just went ahead and said some. Like, I know the letters. <laughs> like, I'm not looking at it, but I I'm know, pretty I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure it's in Gakwe or something like that. I don't. You're know. probably right. I mean, bros being dudes trying to pronounce obscure last name. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I think Marone might be the only guy that's really, really on the I hot mean, seat. Like, there's one that we I think know Zach Taylor should be at the end of the season. Well, Gase. Yeah, but. Has Anthony Lynn fired yet? No. He's not? He not absolutely needs to be gone. He he is terrible. <laughs> He's up He's there with QB Yeah, great. <laughs> Put someone with a brain as that head coach and let Herbert thrive and become a future Hall of Famer. Like, get – um, I, I always – so speaking of pronouncing last names wrong, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Biennemi or whatever – yeah. That's who they yeah. need to get. Yeah. That would be I mean, that would be perfect. That would be that a great scenario. Be... They steal a offensive guru off of a division rival. Oh, that would be scary. That would be scary not even just for the Chiefs, that would be scary for the league. Because yeah. that defense is gonna get healthy next year. Offense with the weapons healthy. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Like, that team is very... Hunter Henry, well, he's a free I agent, think, but still. I think you might have just... Get back, I think that might happen. That has to be what happens. Because BNME would like that job. It's just a matter of do they... do Are they willing to part with Anthony Lynn? Because I, I think they like they like him, but will, will they relegate him, maybe? like get Or, you know, like... Like, put him in a different role? Like, demote him, yeah. I don't think that he would stay. And if he did, if, if you're... Would. If you're a head coach, you have to get him out either way. Like, you have to make the decision, like, this guy's not on my coaching staff. Like, if I was Benami or whatever, you have to – because then who are the players going to listen to? Like, the head yeah. coach that they just met or the assistant who was their head coach and they have, like, a uh, rapport with? He's got to bring his own guys. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I, I really wonder where Sala is going to end up, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Yeah, he makes a lot of sense for Jacksonville. Because yeah. that defense still has a lot of talent. The other place that I think that would make a ton of sense for him as well, Detroit. I could see him going to Detroit. Oh, that's, dude, no. That's what I've you seen know, a lot of lately. Like, you know what we absolutely just, I don't want to say scuttlebud, but missed the opportunity to predict? What? Benemy or Bienemy, whatever. The Chiefs offensive coordinator. The yeah, B Eric Bienemy. Bienemy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Houston. Dude, him with the Sean Watson? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't – yeah, that might in, come down to where he wants to go. To right, an aging defense, but still a pretty good defense with a future Hall of Famer. Like, J.J. Watt is for sure still a top-10 defensive player in the but league, a, probably closer to top five. I think that Chargers coaching job is – like, if Anthony Lynn actually is out, that is the hottest job. Like, Oh, that's lucrative for sure. Like, 100%. If I'm a head coach somewhere else, I might leave for it. <laughs> The other thing, is Jason Garrett going to get a head coaching opportunity this year? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I really just don't. I think, Possibly, well, though. if if 
Josh McDaniels leaves, I suspect it'll be to whichever one of those that Bienemy doesn't take. If Bienemy doesn't leave to the Chargers, I think McDaniels will leave and take that one. And if he leaves to Houston, or I mean, if he leaves to LA, then I think McDaniels will take Houston. I think he's poised to take a uh, head coaching job this year, and those are the two that make sense. So he's going to basically get Bienemy's leftovers. So you think it's time for McDaniels to, to leave? You think he's like just like why though? Why now? Is it because they're necess- bad? I don't necessarily want him to leave. I just think that it might be time. Yeah, but like I mean, like is it? So it's is it? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, it him just wanting to leave because they're bad? I don't necessarily that think that because there's been I so many opportunities, you know, better opportunities than this year. I mean, because he's not going to get that Chargers job if that job is open and they don't give it to Bienemy, that should shut down. Like sell Seems everyone. Like a match made in heaven, right? Like that has to be what happens. But I don't know, like. Something is just telling me it seems like it's it's time. Like we can't run the plays that he wants. We can't run the plays he wants to in the system. The plays that we do have some success with, we can only run them once or twice, and then after that, terrible. So like, I really something's telling me he's gone. I'd like to see him. I kind of think that's just gonna be. It's just gonna be where he leaves. I'm. I have a feeling. I, I'm going to say he does what, it this year. I'm going to say he gives it, like, because, like I said, there still can be a quick turnaround there. It's possible, at least. I think, I I definitely think it'll be a quick turnaround. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be competing for a Super Bowl within the next couple of years, but I definitely think we'll be a playoff team in the next couple of years, for sure. Like, we're not going to be a losing record team for a long time. That's just not going to happen with Belichick. We're going to get the guys in and, and at least compete, but... I don't know, man. It's kind of interesting to think about, like where some of these coaches are going to end up. Are those those are really the only close to New York? If I'm I, honestly me myself as Ian Crookshank, I don't think that I would take the Jets coaching job if offered. <laughs> You're a fucking liar. It's like you are. That's the biggest bunch of shit you've ever said. I swear, in a heartbeat. I'd take it in a heartbeat. I'd bring all of you on. We'd be the. This would be hilarious. <laughs> We'd never get another job ever again because we'd not win a game. <laughs> yeah, but the is anyone going to win a game with the fucking Jets? Well, well somehow, uh, Gates won two in a row. Well, especially now since they're not getting Lawrence. Like, that was the one bright side before. It's like, okay, yeah, they suck, but they'll have Trevor Lawrence. So quarterback will be locked down for the foreseeable future. Now, it's like, yeah, Sam Darnold's okay. You could probably salvage his career if you have any amount of like offensive <laughs> intellect at all they're just that defense doesn't have a ton of talent and they're the skill you unrest on that team outside of braxton and it's just because he used to play for the pats that, like, that defense look good though the last two weeks i'll say i has looked better but they've not played any offenses that are like wow that team's scary because even the Rams offense? have looked suspect. Know, yeah, the Browns, the Browns offense without any wide receivers, man. Yeah, I the know, Browns I know. didn't have a single healthy receiver this week. I'm pretty sure they played Kareem Hunt at the slot. <laughs> <laughs> I is that the least sought after head coaching job 
in recent memory. Like they might have like high school head coaches put their names in the hat for that one. I think they have a legit chance. Louis Riddick. Uh, I don't know who wants it. <laughs> Louis Riddick might. He might take it. Well, a front office job, not the head coaching job. Yeah. If he, I do, I am excited for him to get a, a front office job. There's rumors that he's going to come and join the Pats as like a member of football operations. He, Bill said he's not going to give up the GM role. Apparently, that's the rumor. Like these guys on Reddit are plugged in or something. But apparently, Bill and and Reddick are really close. Rumor has been floating around that they bring him on as like head of football operations or, or some kind of personnel management, something, whatever. That'd be interesting to see. Talk about a quick turnaround. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'm seeing I mean, the lines you... get Thaler on everything here. Yeah, Some that, are saying I mean, that... that Brian Dobble, the Bills offensive coordinator. Hmm. To the Lions? Yeah. That's the that's the two leads I'm seeing here. The number he, three they have is Lincoln Riley. Ew, really? Yeah, I like the ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's yucky. Then they got four Greg Roman, the Ravens. Lincoln Riley is probably going to make the playoffs next year with Spencer Rattler, and they're talking about him leaving to go to the Poopy Lions. Get out of here! These people have nothing better to do than to sit around and spew crap on their computer. It's kind of like we're doing right now, but I mean, still. Yeah. And then it has sixth Eric Bieniemy, and it says he probably won't want this job. <laughs> no, I, I. There's one job, well, two jobs that if I'm Bieniemy, I'll leave Kansas City for, and that is the Chargers or the Texans. And outside of that, why leave Mahomes? Yeah. Why Not leave? Not only easy job. Yeah, why why leave Mahomes and why I'd leave the best offensive mind the league has probably ever seen in Andy Reid? Like offensively, I don't know if there's much of a debate that he's probably the best offensive minded coach the league has ever seen. Him and Bienemy are a dynamic duo in like what they do right now. Just their play design, every they, I'm a constantly amazed. Well, they are for sure, but then that raises the question too. Is he a product of Andy Reid, or is he good? I think it's probably a little combination of both, but you'd be hard-pressed for me to say that it's not at least a little bit Reid, too. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, they're, like, they're combining knowledge. Like Things are working so good that I can't give it to one of them. You know what I mean? See, that's why I almost think, okay, so here's a debate. This will this will wrap us up. Would you, if you were a Head coach in or a, a team. You rather have Sala or be enemy, because those are the two by far the head and shoulders above the rest of the field. The two best head coaching candidates out there right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, which one? Which one? I mean, I'm I'm gonna take Sala. Strictly I think it's very close. Strictly the reason. Okay, okay, go ahead. He is coaching a defense under an offensive-minded head coach. So, like, that defense is his. That is his defense. He is responsible for their success. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's had a ton of injuries this year, and the defense has still been very solid. Even with the with the injuries, the defense has been the one strong point on that team. So, like, 
We said that Bieniemy would be perfect for the Chargers, but how about this? How about they get Sala and solidify that defense like it was a couple years ago with a healthy Ingram, a healthy Bo. Um, crap, what's that? What's their safety's name? Um, oh gosh, he was just all pro. Oh, I'm gonna think of it in a second. Derwin yeah, James. Derwin James. Like, why not solidify the defense and then bring in someone like a McDaniel's, or even if it's not a uh, someone that's on like McDaniel's levels. Like you could probably um, get um, crap I, Dobble from the Bills. You could probably lure him away from the Bills as offensive coordinator to be able to coach Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler on a team that's probably going to the Super Bowl in a couple years. Like yeah, Buffalo is a lucrative offensive coordinator job now, but now you're not living in West New York. You're living in L.A and the same opportunity to win a Super Bowl, like, that I, that just makes too much sense, honestly, for that to happen. Like, that would be, like, almost perfect for that to take place. Yeah, I don't know which one I would rather have, just because I, 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 I'm almost leaning towards Sayla just for the same reason of you can always find, like, these young, good, offensive-minded guys, you know? It just seems easier to find yeah. those. There's more around. Well, there are... Yeah, they're a dime a dozen nowadays for sure. But uh, yeah, like I'm looking at Charger secondary now. It's not just Derwin. Like that's a good secondary. Derwin that's James, good... Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward Jr. Oh, PB, that is a good team. That yes. decimated with injuries this year. Like, and if they had a head coach that was worth anything, they push the Chiefs for that division, probably for the one seed. Like, that is a good, good team. Anthony Lynn is just garbage. Who's their GM? That I don't know. If I'm okay, if I'm uh Luis Riddick, that's the GM job that I want too. That is that is the best that like no joke, that is the best place to go win and win right now. Like that has the shortest rebuild of, of any GM job out there and for sure any head coaching job out there. Like the Texans make the argument because you walk into a top five ish quarterback into Sean Watson. But then in LA you walk into a top five ish quarterback for like the next twenty years in Herbert. So which one would you rather have? Yeah. I see what you're saying. This Tom Tom Telesco is their GM. He's been there since twenty thirteen. So he's built I think he's built something nice. Yeah, I mean they uh, yeah, I don't think that their GM gets fired. I don't think he should anyway. He's built a good roster. Anthony Lynn, on the other hand, should be gone. Send that send that hoe to the sun. But, yeah, because he's been given a good roster. Yeah, I just can't perform with it. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's no good. But, guys, as always, we are brought to you by the Townsend Bar and Grill, your one-stop shop for great food at great prices and with the great times. They're all the times. Uh, starting here next month, Wolfpack trivia once a month up at Townsend. So we have trivia every single Thursday, but once a month now, I, yours truly, will be hosting. Uh, we'll be doing sports trivia. So make sure you guys come up there. 
Uh, come see us. Come participate in the sports trivia. We'll have different themes, obviously. Um, the questions will be very hard, so make sure you have your thinking caps on for those. Uh, but it'll be a good time. And then make sure you guys come out and watch all the college football games with us uh, this weekend. Obviously, the college football playoffs going on. Uh, so we'll have a good time up there and then stay for Sunday. Uh, come watch all the playoff seeds take place in live time. Get our reactions live. Uh, come out and see us. It'll be a good time. But uh, no, with that, PB, you have anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm good. Except Alrighty. the Colts are going to make the playoffs. And I have one thing to add. The Knicks just beat the Cavs. Go Knicks. I have Nick fever. <laughs> <laughs> Huge I got win. magic fever. 3-0, and o, baby. That's disgusting. But with that, we will catch you. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Welcome to some shit that's considered legendary. I'm here to put the rap game in the cemetery. They told me it couldn't happen. Ain't no way in hell you gon' make millions off of rapping. But I'm just so determined. Catch me on the stage spitting verses like a sermon. You know I had to make them realize. Lights, camera, action, motherfucker, check the real in my eyes. Now they all looking so surprised The dawn of a new era like the sun I arise Through these lyrics I am immortalized Strictly spitting the truth but the rest is telling more lies This the type of shit most people fantasize But this the shit I used to analyze They told me I was too underground So I took the mic out my basement and found another sound I wanted, I needed, I'm coming for the crown Can't nobody stop me, I'm Rocky, let's go another round Nelson Mandela, rain and money, no umbrella flow. Most of these people, they will never know what you have to sacrifice as a person to truly grow. See, I'm in love with this shorty, right? But first, I gotta get this story right. Cause in this business, love will never last. Sold out shows, hoes, and a whole lot of ass. Damn, what a concoction. But these hoes ain't an option. Cause a woman what I'm looking for A girl with wisdom that give me brains so insane Or maybe I'm just going insane On the road to success So I'm living in the fast lane Treat this like you selling drugs. <laughs>